Someone said to me once a, a, a quote, I was only young, and it's, it's always stuck in my head. And the quote was, a problem is an opportunity in disguise. Welcome to the third episode of the John Norman Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. And for all your shares, your likes, your comments, really do appreciate it. We are so excited to have a really special guest with us today. And as many of you know, I'm the chaplain of Norwich City Football Club and pleased to welcome Sporting Director of Norwich City, uh, Stuart Weber, to the podcast. Welcome, Stuart. Thanks, John. Good to see you. How are you? All's good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. All good. And uh, really appreciate you taking some time out. I know it's a busy time trying to navigate this uh, this topsy-turvy season as it is. But how are you personally finding what, what we're all facing? How are you doing personally? Yeah, okay. I think um, I think when it sort of first happened, uh, I think you know, I think you have a decision to make as a as a person. Forget about work for a second and stuff like that. I think you you're set with a dilemma here. And I think, in my opinion, you go one or two ways. You either see it as an opportunity, um, or you see it as a problem. Um, and I saw it as an opportunity. And uh, for someone who has you know a pretty busy life, uh, where very rarely get to have dinner at home with my family. Uh, never have breakfast at home with the family. Uh, certainly lunch. <laughs> so, um, so it's, I sort of really at the beginning got my mind into a place of right. I'm going to maximise this time. I'm going to get to know my son even more. Um, spend more time with him. Um, but then also uh, use it as an opportunity to get fit and healthy. And you know, I've done a lot of running and um, eating really well and sleeping well and, and sort of using it as a chance to sort of although it's difficult and there's lots of challenges going on with work but on a personal level to to almost detox a little bit and uh you know do some reading and and just sort of almost use it as a it sounds ridiculous as a little bit of a sort of sabbatical and a little bit of a break while still having a lot of work going on but it's different because it's not like I say traveling around the world and on a different plane every other day or mm. in an office where endless meetings and people wanting demanding your time all the time it's uh it's different so still working hard but let's say having that time to do other things and uh yeah so i've I, from that point of view I've enjoyed it and found it extremely beneficial what's been your challenges what challenges have you found you know with working remotely um i mean i I can't imagine you've had too many weekends off in your career from not watching football. You probably had eight or nine straight in a row. So how have you found that? Uh, strange, definitely. And, and you need to adapt to it. Um, again, quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed, to be honest, uh, weekends where you have a Friday feeling for the first time in my life, um, where you're not waking up on a Saturday morning anxious about the game or on the Sunday morning in a, in a mood about what happened on the Saturday. So uh, it's been it's been nice from that point of view. But at the same time, um, it's also been tough as well because, you know, when all you, you know is sport and, and, and obviously in particular football, not having that does definitely leave a void in your life. And then some people maybe find that a little bit pathetic. But I think when it's uh, such a huge part of, of your life, when it's not there anymore, um, that, that's been that's been difficult. But... Um, but yeah, and I mean, obviously it's been tough, you know, not seeing family and, and you know, mm. our son, it was his four, uh, his fourth birthday the other day. And, you know, obviously you can't see anyone. He can't see his grandparents yeah, and it's tough. Um, his friends and family. And um, both myself and my wife had a uh, quite a long Premier League meeting on the same day. So he's having to sit in the other room and entertain himself. Yeah. And, and it's tough. 
Yeah, and you just touched on that. There's no doubt about it. Norwich City have made a huge impact off the field in this season um, with uh, you know helping so many schools and individuals who are in a really tough position. So Stuart and Zoe and Dealer and Michael, a huge well done on that. And you know that your partnership with Soul Foundation has been really, really incredible. So thanks for that. And you know how important do you think it is for a football club to be part of those sort of initiatives, Stuart? I think there's no point having a football club if you're not part of them initiatives. I think a football club, in my opinion, is is the community. You know, it, it's it's what everyone should feel a connection with. Uh, whether you're a football fan or not, it, you know, it, it, you've got a massive stadium sat in the middle of the city. Uh, you've got everyone walking around, in, in our case, yellow and green, bits of clothing on certain days. And I think it's, it's you know, we have a huge responsibility as a club um, to represent our community, not just the football club. And, you know, we are, you know, extremely sort of privileged, uh, all of us, staff, players, everyone. And I believe it's a duty to give back. I think it's a duty to inspire. I think it's in a duty for us to educate. Like when we go and help the homeless people, um, it's great what we're doing. But every time I drive home thinking, no, we've got to stop it getting to that. Yeah, you know, good. that's our responsibility, not... Yeah, help them when they get there, of course. I'm not saying we don't, we don't, but it's like we've got to stop. That's got to become less and less. It's got to become, in my opinion, a shock in Great Britain. Let's be honest, an incredible country. It should be an unbelievable shock when you see a homeless person. Mm. Not normal. And at the minute, I feel like you walk through any city in the UK, it's actually normal. And I, and I always think to myself, we have accepted that as a normal. So true. And that is not right, in my opinion, you know? And, and I think... Definitely learnt that through this experience because you know you have time to reflect and time to talk and we've had a conversation on it before about actually we've got to do more and how do we stop it getting there? Yeah, no, that's really good. And you know, there's there's many there's going to be business leaders, leaders of organisations, charities, football clubs, people who are listening to this podcast. Podcast. And what would you say to those maybe small business owners, people in the city, saying, "Hey, we we want to do something. We can't do everything. We want to do something just to get involved and make a difference." Well, I think we have to, first of all, we have to create a platform um, for people to come forward because I'll be honest with you, John, until I met you and, and the Soul Church, I didn't know how to help. Right. You no, know, other than, you know, if someone stops you in the street, will you fill in a form and donate, I don't know, five or a month or something? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or you're watching on telly and advert. But in terms of physically, I'd walk through a city centre in Huddersfield or whatever and, and you'd see homeless people and I'd think, wow. Love to be able to help them, but I genuinely like. Well, you know, oh, where where do you almost start? And I think it's it's about creating more more noise around. No, if you want yeah. to help, this is how you can help. Because I think I think it's within everyone's nature. They want to give back. They want to help. Whatever, how small or how big, and and everyone varies from how much time they have, how much money they have, how much other commitments, what their beliefs are, etc., etc. But I think pretty much ninety nine percent of the world wants to help each other and make a make the world a better place for our children and their children and et cetera, et cetera. I've not met anyone yet who says, well, I don't care. Actually, I want to make the world worse. Um, no, that's right. So I think it's trying to create more platforms for these people to get involved. Um, yeah. And, and bring a diversity of ideas around the table. I think that's really mm. important. I think it's, it's, good. it's getting some of these people around the table and saying, what do we think? Yeah, it's brilliant. No, some great, great thoughts there. <clears throat> Let's just uh, change direction a little bit, Stu, and talk about uh, your staff and 
team and players and coach, you know, you've got hundreds of staff and players and, you know, there's there's expectations right now. How are you managing people's expectation? You know, there's a lot of employers going to be listening to this going, man, I've got to try and manage people's expectations at this time. How are you personally managing expectations? None of us quite know. <clears throat> You know, it's the 20th of May. We're not sure if there's football happening, not happening. Um, how are you trying to manage people's expectations right now? We're trying to block out the noise for people and we're trying to deliver to the people facts. Yes, we have to be honest with with people. We can't, you know, we can't almost pretend that everything's going to be okay and, and it might not be. So, uh, but what we are trying to do is, unfortunately, in our industry, it's played out every day in the media, um, you know, how many people have got tested for positive uh, are people refusing to train are they training when are you starting back are you refusing to play it's just a media every day it's constant um and unfortunately our players and staff read that um because they can't avoid it because even if they don't read it one of their family members sends it yeah. to them or one of their mates sends it to them so what we what we did right at the beginning of this was sit with the senior players all the staff and go right listen only listen to anything that we tell you when you need to know, you need to know. So don't listen to the expert opinion of a so-called journalist on Sky or so-and-so, so-and-so. We will tell you what you need to know when you need to do it. When we start back, we will not put you in any environment that we wouldn't be willing to go through ourselves. So when we're doing our coronavirus testing, I was the first person to be tested because it's like, no, no, I'm not going to ask any of you, 40 mm. players and staff, to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. So I'll go first and try it. Not a particularly nice experience, but mm. it's a bit like, you know, I think too many people are like, yeah, just get them locked back, get them tested. They should do it. And then don't do it themselves. They're sat at home in a comfy house, social, you know. So yeah. I think it's about leading through it, trying to be as reassuring as possible, but giving them the honesty as well of, you know, yeah. we've been very honest with our staff and players is, listen, there's a hurricane coming our way. We want to try and avoid it. We want to maybe, worst case, maybe we just get clipped by the side of it. But also we could end up in the middle of it. And we can't lie about that. However, these are all the things that we're putting in place to try and make sure that we do avoid it. But it's there and it's big and it's ugly and it's horrible and it's coming straight for us. And I think it's that trying to be as honest and reassuring as possible, um, which is tough. But it, I think it comes down again to communication. I think communication is the most important thing. Yeah in the world ever, whether it's in your home life, whether it's at work, it's about talking to people, letting people know, being transparent, being open, um, not looking like you've got anything to hide. Um, I think that's really important. Don't, don't give people at times like this nasty surprises, um, you know, head thing, you know, front things up. Um, and it's tough, but it has been difficult because, you know, there's lots of questions which we still can't answer because this is yeah. something that, let's be honest, the best scientists in the world are struggling to get their head around. So, you know, people like myself have got no chance, but people are still sometimes all looking at you with questions, expecting you to have the answers. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, to be honest, I don't know what will happen if a player gets it. I, I don't know. It's tough, but it's trying to be as reassuring and as honest as possible. Yeah. And I think Stuart, you know, in my, one of my previous podcasts, I talked about, you know, I was talking about upcoming guests, got Stuart coming on. One of the things you you do is you lead with real raw honesty at times. But I think there's a real, uh, you know, I think there's a great transparency and there's uh, people lean into that type of leadership because you know where you stand with Stuart Weber. Um, and the other thing you lead with is optimism. Um, and you're a very optimistic leader, 
Talk, talk, talk a little bit like that. You've, you, you talked about uh, honesty, but talk about optimism as well, how, how important that is when leading a team and leading uh, staff. Someone said to me once a, a, a quote, I was only young, 18 probably, and it's, it's always stuck in my head. Um, and, and the quote was, a problem is an opportunity in disguise. And that one thing has really, wow. has constantly changed my outlook on everything. So um, because when you actually think about it, it is. So it's a bit like a tree falling in the road is, you know, okay, so that's a bit of a problem, but it's also an opportunity because you might go, hmm, I found a way which is actually quicker to work because yeah. that tree, the way I've gone every day for five years, that tree falling down has sent me another way, which is actually quicker, better phone signal so I can make more calls, um, more scenic, whatever it might be. Oh, I went past a, a lovely little shop where you can get fresh bread. Never knew it existed until that tree fell. And I think it's, um, I think you have to do that. Cause I think if, if you're not careful in the world that we live today, you will sound like an old man. Um, our phones can go off at any second with yeah. uh, normally the headlines, bad news, right? If your yeah. little BBC or sky app or whatever shots through, it's normally a bad headline. Very rarely is it, Good news, folks. It's normally, oh, yeah, that's these true, thousands yeah. of people have died or mm. da, 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 da. So we're actually got constant negativity surrounding us if, if, if we're not careful. And I think that eats people alive. And I think um, you find out in times of crisis of the companies and organizations which are led um, by optimism or, or are led by, you know, maybe a little bit of fear and doom and gloom. But yeah, I mean, I'm an optimistic person because I believe every day we're on this earth is we're so lucky. Every morning you wake up, you think, oh, how actually lucky are we? And every day is an opportunity. It's like when footballers say, oh, I didn't get an opportunity. Okay, but you know, every time you drive through the gate, that's an opportunity. Every time you step on the training pits, that's an opportunity. Anything is possible. I, I truly believe anything is possible. And, uh, but it's only possible if you believe you can do it. Like, I, I genuinely believe I will climb Mount Everest. And people think I'm stupid. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it's like, no, I genuinely believe that. And I'm going to work so hard to do it because it's like, I want to feel, see what it feels like to stand on top of the world. I genuinely do. And people will go, yeah, but it's 25% chance of dying. And I'll go, yeah, but there's 75% chance of living. Imagine yeah. being able to tell the story of that. 75, I'll take my odds of 75%. Because I, I think they're really good odds. I think that's brilliant. 75%, yeah, yeah happy days. Um, so I think it's, I just think it's important. I think you can have such a much more fulfilled life and happy life and make people around you happier if you have an optimistic outlook, so you wake up, it's raining and you've got your child for the day. You can look at it and go, oh, it's raining. Uh, well, I don't want to go out. Or you can go, oh, i tell you what, brilliant. Let's get wrapped up. Let's go and have some fun jumping some puddles. You know, what's yeah. the worst? We'll get wet. No, I, I like it. And, you know, I, I think very similarly. Now, j just before we bring this to close, Stuart, you, uh, many of your staff have been furloughed. Many of our staff have furloughed. In fact, there's hundreds of thousands of staff all over the world have been furloughed. We get listeners from all over the globe. What would you say to people who are maybe at home at the moment, got more time on their hands, um, you know, really encouraging to be proactive, making the most of this? You've talked about some of your rhythms, some of the daily things you do, but really encourage people maybe to start a new hobby, start thinking different, wider, but not to waste this COVID season. I think, first of all, you have to bring structure in your life. So in my opinion, it's not good to be staying up till three in the morning waking up at midday, skipping breakfast. You've, I think you've got to still have structure, get up as you would normally, have your breakfast, you know, have that time. I don't, 
in my opinion, it's wrong if you if you decide to sort of just mope around because then you'll get into that state of just mopiness. Yeah. And then I think set some goals. Set yourself some goals. So I, I set myself some goals of, right, I want to, by the end of this time, um, be able to run a 10K in under 45 minutes. So I'm going to train to that and I'm going to work so hard to do it. And I've done it now. And now I'm like, mm, okay, I need to realign that. Well goal done. Do it at 43 or whatever. But, um, and I think it's that take the time to learn something new, whether it's a language, because, you know, people might go, I don't want to get fit. I don't want to lose weight. Fine. Uh, it's not for him, but find that, that thing where, because yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone in life has that boy, you know, if I had more time, I would X because let's yeah, be honest, yeah, it's good. we're all quick enough to go. Oh, I haven't got enough time to clean the garage, clean the shed, walk, walk more, etc. This time that them excuses have gone. Um, so like just have that focus. And then at the end of it, look back and go, Oh, actually achieved something there. So we're doing it with our son. We're teaching him to ride a bike because for his birthday, we we're always going to get him a bike and we're going, well, as soon as this came, we got the bike early because we thought, well, let's maximize the time. So it's like during this period, we'll never have a probably yeah, in our right. lives, another period where the three of us are here as a family. Where we've actually got time to genuinely teach him to ride a bike mm. and not where your phone's in one hand and you're trying to, you know, whatever it's yeah. like where you can actually go. I can now spend half an hour with you uh, because I've actually got the time to ring people back after um and i think that's important for people um to maximize it and not look back and go why oh, not i sat at home for 12 weeks and didn't actually do anything i think that's criminal i just watch everything there is on netflix because there's still time to do that there's still time to yeah, binge from right. box at night and um you know whatever do do things which are a little bit you know probably shouldn't be doing that like there's 24 hours in the day and you can't really yeah. go anywhere so there's, there's still plenty of time to you know watch them 10 films you've been putting off for 10 years or whatever yeah that's brilliant look thank you so much for your wisdom experience incredible insights today one last question Stu. um as a leader how do you want to look back on this season i'm not talking about football season as much i'm talking more about this crisis season we're in how do you want to be you know how what do you want this to be known for in the weber household I think the most important thing is I want us to look back and go, you know what, throughout that, we kept calm and we tried to do the right thing. Yeah, brilliant. 100% we'll do the wrong thing in times, absolutely. But when we reflect in two, three years down the road, go, oh, yeah, but you know what, the intention was really right. In hindsight, that wasn't necessarily the correct decision, but the intention was right um, and we stayed calm for it and we didn't get caught up in the hysteria. And, and I think that's, uh, in my opinion, the most important thing for us. Stuart Weber, Sporting Director of Norwich City, thank you so much for your time today. hope you enjoyed it, all of our listeners around the globe. And, yeah, all the best for the remainder of the season. If the season happens, if it doesn't happen, all the best for next season. Thank you. How good was that? Thank you, Stuart Weber, for your insight and your wisdom. And remember, you are your only limit. So keep lifting the level of your leadership. And as you do, others will rise around you. Thanks for joining us today. I'd value your commitment by liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it, commenting on it, and sharing it with your teams. Remember, you are your only limit, and this podcast is to lift the level of your leadership, and as you rise, others will rise around you.